Let us pray. Most loving and gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We pray that your Holy Spirit would open our hearts and our minds, that we might hear your voice. Lord, may your word be spoken and your word received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Over the next several weeks, the lectionary is once again going to take us through a more continuous reading of the epistle reading. And so we'll be looking at this letter of James, which was written by the brother of Jesus around the year 49 AD, trying to encourage the church about what life in Christ looks like and to encourage the church in the midst of persecution. And what we're going to see, I hope, is through all three of the readings today, there was a theme of allowing God to do the transforming work in our hearts, to bring forth a new life in us through Jesus Christ. And in fact, this is an exciting day as we gather to welcome Mallory into the family of God through the waters of baptism. And it's the very thing that we think begins at the baptismal font is that change of heart, is that change of mind from that moment forward being crafted into the image of Christ. And in fact, it's that, that same challenge that we heard in Deuteronomy, which was to, to the parents and to the elders, don't let the children forget who God is what God has done for them, and the life that God calls them to. That was that call in Deuteronomy. Remind them of this God who is loving and merciful and who has set us free from bondage and who has reconciled us and has called us to new life. That's our job, and in fact, that's what we say is going to take place within the baptismal service. Those are the very promises the parents and godparents make is that we will raise her to come to know this God. And that we stand at the font baptizing a child, standing on the faith of the elders that stand there, saying we understand what God has done and we desire to pass this on. And because we believe that it's God's work that does it, that's why we go ahead and baptize infants. Just as on the eighth day, the child was circumcised into the new covenant. The child doesn't have to do anything the child receives what God has done. That's what we're proclaiming. That's what we will witness in just a few moments. And in this letter to James, he reminds us right from the beginning that all of the blessings that we have, all the gifts that we have, come down from God who loves us. That everything belongs to God who does not change like shifting shadows, which is an important thing for us to understand, and I think especially at a baptism, where we're saying we are going to stand on the fact that God does not change. God is loving and merciful and promises to remain with us and see us through whatever we face. That there are times in life when the circumstances we're facing or the emotions we're feeling don't line up to that. 
But what James is calling us to is to remember who God has revealed himself to be and to stand on that foundation when our emotions and our circumstances don't line up to that evidence. Where it's our default, it's easier to say, well, it doesn't feel that way now, so maybe it's not true. James would say, we stand on the truth. Remember what God has done, who he has shown himself to be, and God will be faithful to bring about his promises to completion, without a doubt. We believe that. Then he goes on through this letter to tell us some of what it looks like to follow Jesus, to be changed and transformed in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're challenged to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And these are important attributes for us to understand because I think our default human nature is perhaps just the opposite of that. We speak first, figure out if it was a good idea after the fact, and then have to deal with the consequence because we spoke in our anger. What if we take a few seconds to listen to what the other person is saying, to hear what's being communicated, and then to allow the presence of God in us to then determine how we're going to respond, and then move forward with our words in love? That produces a whole different result. And I think this is a word we probably need to hear more and more now. When before, when you were angry, you used to have to send a letter on horseback and wait three weeks for it to get there. Now you just tweet something or put it on Facebook or text it. And by the time you hit send, you've unleashed a hornet's nest. And we think, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have said that one. And thanks to the glory of the internet, it never goes away. And the fight drones on. You know, but when the people see the church in action, they should see life different. They should see things live differently. If they see us attacking one another in anger the same way as everybody else, then they say, well, what's the point of this? Why are we getting up early on Sunday morning? when we could just sleep in, if we're just going to act the same, attack each other the same, that our lives are supposed to be lived differently to reflect the image of God, which is what James gets to in the next section where he says you have to be uh, not only hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Lest we become people who, like looking at ourselves in the mirror when we walk away, we forget what we look like. That James is saying, don't forget your identity. Don't forget who you are and who you belong to. And that we must be doers of the word that Jesus in us should produce action, should produce out of us a life of love and peace and patience and gentleness and all the fruit of the Spirit and the very image of Christ. That's who we're called to be. That's what we sign up for in the waters of baptism is to allow Jesus to live in us and that we would reflect Jesus to all whom we encounter. And so in order to do that, we can never forget who we are, what God has done for us, and what he's called us to do. Because we must be people of action. Otherwise, again, what's the point? It's the same way as he closes the letter and says, well, if, if anyone considers himself righteous and doesn't reign in their tongue, well, what's the point of their 
what's the point of their religion? What are these things that you're doing? And we can put on a good show and look like we're doing all the right things, but James is saying, but if we're not allowing the presence of God to change and transform our lives, and that the way we interact with one another doesn't change, then we've probably missed something. Then all of this is just pretty theater that we do on a Sunday morning. And it's a nice show, but means nothing. And if that's the case, I wouldn't think we would be here week after week after week at this time in the morning. But we come remembering who God is, remembering what Jesus has done for us, and then we pray that the Holy Spirit would do that work in our lives that we can live like Christ with one another, that we might love one another, that our actions and words would be shaped by the love of Christ, that the image of Christ in us would shine for the rest of the world. That's the lifelong call. And we have to remember that happens because God has done it. You should not hear this letter from James and think, well, James is saying that if you try really hard and behave enough, that God will love you because you did the right things. That is not what he's saying at all, and that's not the message of the gospel. The message of the gospel is God loves you, God gave himself for you, and has poured the Holy Spirit in us through the waters of baptism. And now because of that, the fruit of our lives should be bearing out the kingdom of God, bearing the image of Christ to all whom we encounter. Because the most powerful and loudest sermon that people ever hear is the way the church lives. And you may think, well, I didn't really want to sign up for that. We'll just let the, the priests do that. But that's not how Jesus set it up. He called each of us to be a witness. And that as people see our lives, they're supposed to see Jesus. They're supposed to encounter the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the peace of God. All of these things that we're here to proclaim week after week and give thanks for, people are supposed to see that through us and receive it through us and then come into a living relationship with the God who loves them and gave himself for them. And we can't do it on our own. It's the Holy Spirit that does this work. And we pray that God continues to do that work in each of our lives. And we give thanks to God today for the waters of baptism through which Mallory will enter into this new life, through which she then will bear the image of Christ. Through then, from this day forward, God remains with her no matter what she faces. And God's promise is to see her through and that her life might be lived as a witness to all whom she will encounter, that she will bear the love of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God. May the Holy Spirit complete this work that God begins in each of us. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of yourself on our behalf. We thank you for your love, your mercy, your forgiveness and grace. We thank you that through the waters of baptism we die to our old self and rise to a new life with you. May your Holy Spirit keep us day by day in your love that we might be transformed more and more into your image and likeness and that our lives would be lived to your honor and glory. In Jesus we ask this in your precious and holy name. Amen.